tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. For our regular listeners, hopefully you'll recognise this voice as Ricky and I'm back. I'm back. All is, all is well now. Um, unfortunately, I don't have my partner in crime, but for this week I have upgraded. Um, first and foremost, um, you've heard his voice on this show before. Welcome back and... I'd like to to introduce you to Rance Morris. Good evening, sir. What's up, guys? What's up, Rick? I'm doing well. Yourself? Living a dream, man. It's good to be back on with my brother. It's good to actually hear your voice. I ain't talked to you in in a good couple of months. It's been a while. So, yeah. (laughs) I know that feast looked amazing. Oh, it was. It was. The, 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 The part before the feast, it wasn't particularly fun, but... You know, needs must. Um, and we have a second guest on the show, first time ever. Um, he will be coming on in a few weeks' time again for the quiz, the final round of the quiz. It is Mr. Rob Ropey. Good evening, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on, first time ever. Yeah, it's, uh, this... it's nice to be here uh, without fear of embarrassing myself like the next time I'll be on. Well, and, and, I mean, you're up against Dalm, Mags. It could be, it could be low scoring. I, I just, I just <laughs> it, want it you to know. Be. He told me to tell you guys that he feels exactly the same way. So don't <laughs> he, feel bad. He, he tells us all the time. <laughs> tells us all the time. So we both, we both think that we're going to be doing the job. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um. So before we start discussing anything um i just wanted to address something i'll just i'm not sure if certainly people outside of the uk may not have heard too much about him but within the uk um the wrestler lionheart who was the current icw world heavyweight champion unfortunately passed away earlier on this evening um for people outside of the uk don't really understand just how big of a name he was over here he he was a huge name. Like he'd been in the rings with the likes of RVD. He was the one that um, broke his neck from the Styles Clash. So he's been in the ring with AJ. He's been in the ring with 
Oh, let me see who else is here. Everybody, over. everybody uh, in the new UK scene. I was, I was more so thinking guys. Oh, he was um, Jack Swagger as well. So he's faced a number of it, like real top international stars. Um, like I'm not going to get too much into the actual cause of death because you know it's just pure speculation. But I think if you read some of the tweets that people who are close to him have been saying, it was he was it seemed like he was certainly going through some depression. Um, and if you know if you know anybody that's in that situation, reach out, talk to them. You know, if you yourself are in that situation, just reach out to anyone. Just try and get some help but like I said I'm not going to touch too much on the cause of death because like I said we don't actually officially know it um, and he was actually he actually has a match well, he had a match scheduled against Wolfgang at Shug's house party um, I think that was due to take place in about two three weeks or so um, so I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do now with the ICW he- uh, title um, that's here, neither here nor there. Um, it's just a big, big blow for British wrestling. I think when you come out and you see people, not only people from the British scene, guys like Pete Dunne, um, guys like Noam Dar, but you, you had William Regal, you had people like uh, Matt Hardy to reach out on Twitter. Um, so it shows he was kind of universally loved. Um, everyone, no one really had any bad words to say about him. And like I say, it's just... For British wrestling, it's a it's a it's a real sad day, a real sad day. But we'll move on. Um, Rest in peace, Lionheart, man. Oh, most definitely. Um, so, in my first show back, I didn't want to. I don't want to come back to negativity. Um, so we're not going to get a stomping grounds preview. If you want your Stomping Grounds preview, The Outsider's Edge will be released hopefully later on this week with Rance, Kyle and Carl. You putting that bad juju on us? Is that what you're doing? I don't know. This is where they can go. Um, actually, not much on the card outside maybe one or two matches interest me, so I'm not going to come back and start, you know, saying, oh, start rambling and I talk about the ratings and how the, pro- the product's down. Like, that's not what I want to do, so... We're going to change things up here. Um, what we're going to do is I'm going to be like the the host, well I am, and I'm going to quiz Rance and Rob. I've got 10 questions that I've prepared. It's the same question for each, each of them. It's just kind of to talk about their wrestling fandom and how they got into wrestling and why they love wrestling, etc. Um, and shout out to Dan. I know we're kind of touching on your thing here but I did reach out to them um, gimmick infringement so but he gave us a green light we're good to go uh, while we're at it download why why we watch pod um, but yeah especially so, the one that I was on yeah yes get that one and like you say Dan will be on well we're actually going to record next week I think we're probably not going to release the quiz one I think it's in July well maybe the first week or two weeks in July because I think Clive's away with family um so we're just thinking we'll get one in the bank. So you'll hear Dan and Rob battling. Out. I don't know if that might not be the right term here. <laughs> he's he's, he's uh, in, oh battling. Yes, I don't well, know if they're going to. It's it's Barry Horowitz versus the Brooklyn Brothers. Somebody got to win. <laughs> hey, I got Horowitz. <laughs> um, so 
I sent the questions off to the guys earlier on just because I didn't want to blindside them. Just thought maybe they can have a little chance to think. So I'll just start off with Rob. Uh, first question: um, What got you into wrestling, and like kind of what general age? So I was um, I was very young. Uh, my first wrestling memory was at my aunt Martha's. Um, she was a crazy old lady, um, but uh, she was always watching wrestling. And I have gone back to the years and tried to find the specific match that I remember as my first wrestling memory, and I've had no luck. I can't even remember the participants, but it was actually a women's wrestling match. There was a big hoss, a uh, big heel, and she bonsai dropped the, the, the little teeny girl, the little face, and she had blood coming out of her nose, and I was horrified. Uh, I think I even had nightmares about it that night. But that stayed with me. So every time we would go over to Aunt Martha's, um, I'd always say, hey, let's watch wrestling, let's watch wrestling. Um, I think the only thing that was on back then for me to really get into it, uh, we never had any sort of cable or anything like that. Um, WWF Superstars on Saturday morning. Um, so that was really where my, my fandom began. Um, and then as it progressed through the years, I'd, I, uh, I wouldn't say I was a tape trader, but I was a tape acquirer. Any, uh, anybody I knew that watched wrestling that I could talk into recording for me, I would. Um, Ranch, what about yourself? So it was this chick, right? And she was like super bad, right? No, okay. Uh, my, <laughs> my grandpa. Um, so I'm, I'm born and raised in Houston, and Houston was one of one of those little fiefdoms that they talk about in the territory days. We had Houston Wrestling by Paul Bosch. So he and my, my grandma used to watch it and go all the time and all just every week they would go, the family would go. Um, so he used to always let me watch old videos like Dick Murdoch and Ric Flair and The Missing Link and Ted DiBiase before he was a million dollar man and all these guys, right? Um, and it was cool, but it never caught my eye because it was old. So the first time I saw something modern was um, we were flipping the channels, and I think TBS or TNT was on Nitro. And uh, the NWO was, you know, the the giant big show, whatever, was one of the first members. And then they kicked him out. Well, this was the night they kicked him out. And it was so chaotic and crazy and you know, I'm six, seven years old, like, what the hell is this? So I was hooked. And then, like, the next year, or not too long after that, Tyson in Austin. And my grandpa was a huge Tyson fan. He's, he's a boxing, like, he could tell you every boxer from, like, Marciano on. And, yeah, never missed a show. I was, I was the privileged kid who got to buy both pay-per-views every month. I was, I was, we were that into it as a family. See, I don't have, <clears throat> I just don't remember the NWO days at all. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think I've watched WCW very often, even though that was on the quote-unquote free channel. Like, well, it was the free channel. Like, over here, if you have a, a TV license, you're automatically given BBC One, BBC Two, and then there's a Channel Three, Four and Five, and it used to come on, I think it was either Four and Five, but I never used to watch it for some reason. Um... So, like, my memories of the NWO are kind of hazy, and it's only when I look back on certain things, I'll be like, oh, my God, they've done this. And, like, so 
my memories are of just re-watching the stuff they'd done as opposed to watching that stuff live. Um, that like I've always found that strange, and I've always had kind of weird reactions. I've never really, because I was never a massive NWO mark. Um, partly because I never watched much WCW. If you watched your NWO mark, even if you oh. hated them, oh my goodness, yeah, I think so. Okay, I, I, that you could see that definitely. Um, so we'll move on. Um, question: The second one I want to ask you is, it kind of ties in. With this, and I think you'll probably maybe have similar answers, but what would you say is your childhood memory of wrestling? So I'll go with Rance this one. My first one or just in general? Just in general, like, what is there a childhood memory that makes you, like, you're harking back to, like, oh, you know, just oh, it brings you some joy or... Well, I'll, I'll tell you two quick stories, and, and, and both are pretty funny. The first story is I had a ticket to WrestleMania 17 here in Houston. But I couldn't go because, like most idiot kids, I had a project due Monday after WrestleMania, and I waited until <laughs> the Sunday of WrestleMania to do it. So my mom was like, you ain't doing shit until you finish the project. <laughs> so she wasn't super mean. She let me buy the pay-per-view and watch it. But I had to finish the project. project. So, yeah, I could have been... In fact, I'll tell you where I was going to sit. I was going to sit right where, if you guys remember WrestleMania 17, when Taker and Triple H had their fight, and they went outside to the crowd, and he got chokeslammed off the scaffold. We were going to be right oh, there. Right. So, so you, you, would have, you would have made the production? Pretty much. And and my first uh, my first real like like kid birthday party, we bought Bash in the Beach 90... The first one, the first, the first one with um, not the one, not ninety six, but ninety seven. So when it was Luger and what was it, Luger and Giant, or Luger and the Giant versus Hogan and Rodman, yeah, and like all the kids came over and spent the night and like it was like, oh really, love Francis House. It was like the coolest mm-hmm. thing to me. I was I, I was like the big dude on the block, cause my my people bought pay per views. So yeah. It was fun, man. So you 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 missed out on Austin's heel turn. Oh, I watched it live. I just could have been there live. Could have been there. I kick myself about that all the time. Oh man. Hey Rob, same question to you. Yeah, it's funny. Um, it's it's like the the complete opposite of rants, where you know we both have the um the family connection with wrestling, but you got to enjoy it with your family. I got to enjoy it in spite of my family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, apart from my Martha, no one in my family actually watched. So it was it was uh, growing up on an island as a wrestling fan. But it was really cool actually because it was like my own uh, club. I didn't have a, a a friend that was a wrestling fan until I got to be an adult. But um, I'd say one of the one of the highlights, and this is I guess funny because it it made me cry. It was one of the the worst moments of my childhood was. Uh, was when Tatanka turned on Lex Luger and joined the Million Dollar Corporation. You told me that, <laughs> oh my, yeah. Oh my God, I was shattered. I, I, I don't know why, but I was a Tatanka <laughs> mark. I, I could not believe that he did that. Man. And that is the reason that Million Dollar Man is probably my favorite heel of all time. Just like, how can Tatanka. you not respect that? Yeah. He, bought, he bought Tatanka, of all people. Everybody really did have a price. 
that could be one of the most random things I've heard. That that was your memory. That's awesome. I remember <laughs> I used to. So obviously the pay-per-views were what, like one o'clock in the morning. So I remember I used to always force my sister to wake up and come downstairs and watch it with me because I was too scared to go down myself. <laughs> and my sister actually enjoyed the wrestling, but not to the point where she wanted to wake up at one o'clock in the morning to watch it. But yeah, so like I say, I was far too scared to go downstairs. Um, but I think in terms of like the match, I remember it was Bret Hart Undertaker. Um, what was that, 97 SummerSlam? Was the one where Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee? That might be 97, because the next year was Taker and, and Austin. So that might be 97, yep. yeah. It was when um, Bret Hart had him in the sharpshooter and Taker kind of powers out and Bret falls out to the ring. I remember at the time, I, I remember looking at Bret's face and I was just thinking, oh my god, he's going to beat the Undertaker. He's going to beat him so badly, and like I was just taking it so to heart, and I was genuinely really upset about it. Um, that was my first one. And the second one, again, funnily enough, involves Brett again when he took on the Patriot. Yeah, in the flag match. Uh, no, it was the one of the singles match they had. Okay. Um, and again, I, I absolutely despised Bret Hart then. And then he beat the Patriot, and it was like he's beaten like the team. One year he'd beaten Taker, and he's beaten the Patriot as well. And just little Mooch was absolutely crushed. Or little Ricky, sorry, because it's kayfabe on here. Kayfabe, yeah, um, <laughs> so yeah, I was absolutely crushed back then. Um, and fun enough, Bret Hart actually became my favourite wrestler of all time. So you know, so you let just... me ask you. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, growing up outside of the U.S., you have a different perspective. How was your reaction as a child to all the the, the patriotism and, and pro USA rhetoric that's rampant in the WWF and WWE? I think for me personally, um, I never really. I, just, I wouldn't say I never got it. It was okay, you know, like you know, it it wasn't something that I could get behind or I'd be like. Or I'd support. It was just like, I guess as you grow older, you kind of you realise just how patriotic some Americans are. But now it's just like, now when you see it, it's just like it's kind of overdone. But back then, I never really, I never went either way with it. It was just like, oh, okay. But like, I remember again, it's always centered around Bret Hart. I remember every time he went back to Canada, he was an absolute hero, and then he would just say the most anything he wanted about America and it's like right I get I can get it from that angle how much he's loved but the whole like the Patriot for instance I like the Patriot um, coming out with the mask and all that and it, like I say but I never went either way with it it was just oh that's what it is kind of thing gotcha but that actually leads me to the third one um, your favourite wrestlers wrestler of all time uh, um, so the same name here. Yep. Shawn mm. Michaels. The greatest ever. <laughs> I, when I say the greatest ever, there are better, there are probably more talented wrestlers. There are, I mean, Bret Hart is more talented than Shawn. Absolutely. There are people who are pro- definitely more over. There are definitely people who are better talkers. 
But the one thing Sean got better than any wrestler that has ever lived in life is he understood what made wrestling art. Every match he had was art. And not like Daniel Bryan's new form of art. Because Bryan might be the closest we've ever seen to Sean. But like, it's art. It, the things he was able to do in the ring. And think about, think about this. The dude was the best in the world when he broke his back. Came back at over 40 and was better. Yeah. So. He, he was the total package in a way that Luger could only dream of. He had every box. He ticked it. Boom. All the way down the line. So in the total package series, if Sean, we were talking Sean in like 97 or in 2004, we're giving him straight 10s, right? Yeah. yeah. He's Ty Dillinger. <laughs> Sean Wait, Spears. I, Sean Spears. I don't know who I that would, is. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad. I would... I would it's not really a, a, a good comparison, but like you said, um, Sean pre-back injury for me is like, you would look and say, how, how much better can he get? And I would almost say it was like AJ Styles TNA. Mm-hmm. And then post-back injury, now it's AJ Styles in New Japan run, coupled with the early WWE run. You're like, oh, this guy's if he's not lost a beat whatsoever, because I thought at the time at the, the TNA slash Impact or whatever it was back then, like I was like, this guy could well be the best wrestler, best wrestler in the world. And I think at one point, towards the latter time, latter end of his time in TNA, I think he was. But then as it comes to the WWE and you're like, Jesus, man, this guy's just even better than I actually thought. Um, but for me, I would, I've always... I. I, I would still say Brett, um, but I, I guess it's you know you're. It's a case of do you do you like salt and pepper on your chips like well, some British kind of thing or salt and vinegar? Do you prefer brown sauce, tomato sauce? Like I don't think you can really. I can't sit and say wow, you picked Shawn Michaels as your greatest ever. What a horrible pick kind of thing. But you know what though? Well, just in this conversation. But then again, this is this is for my guy. I don't get it, Frick Well. But you know, just in this conversation, literally in this past twenty minutes, I've realized why I don't like Brett, and it's not just because I'm a Sean fan. But I started watching consistently, like late '96, early '97. So I missed everything he did because Brett was gone in '98. And I mean, I watched like the stuff he did in WCW, but he was so out of it by then, he didn't care. So I missed like when he was the hitman, like, you know what I mean? Like I missed when he was out there killing it and out there carrying every jabroni to, you know, great matches out of nowhere. So I missed that. So to me, he's more of a myth than like a legend. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that For makes me- sense. That makes sense. For me, it's it, uh, not much, but I do have a few years on you guys. Um, when I was growing up, the WWF was very flashy, and I was drawn to those wrestlers that were larger than life. Shawn Michaels is extremely flamboyant. I loved Yokozuna because of his massive size. I loved Earthquake, um, and, and Brett was none of those things. I saw that. I saw that look for uh, Earthquake there. Uh, I loved Earthquake, Typhoon, and Earthquake. I, I loved the two <laughs> of them. Brett was none of those things. Uh, he was the same person that he was later. He was just a little bit quieter. There was nothing flashy about him. And as a kid, it was hard to appreciate that excellence of execution. He was just some guy that was really good. 
And I think as you get older to where we are now, you look back and say, like you kind of realise now you're like, this guy was pretty damn special. Um, like he says, like he was, he never stood out, like because he was never the biggest or the most charismatic, like you said. But now, as you grow older, that we would like to think we know the business or what we're watching, but you kind of appreciate just how great he was now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know, I know, answer to this. So, Rob, I'm going to ask you this, Rance. I'm going to um, change the wording of it. Okay. So. All three of us are fathers. So, Rob, knowing everything that you know now about wrestling, everything that could happen or has happened, some of the things we've witnessed, would you ever allow any of your children to watch it? It's a really good question. Um, my son is four. I have not exposed him to it yet. I, I would think I would like to give him the opportunity, um, but when he's a little bit older to understand when I first started watching, I did, I didn't understand that it was scripted. I didn't understand that they were hurting each other, but I have a different take on, uh, violence and the exposure to it than my parents did. Um, so I, I think I would, but I'd like for him to be a little bit older first yeah. to, to really understand what's happening. Yeah. Well, two points to that. Like, so I've got two young sons, a five year old, and a three year old. And, they were both sitting next to me on the couch earlier on tonight, and I flipped through a channel and I came across War um, War for the Planet Planet of Apes, and I was like, oh, and suddenly just started putting on, and all of a sudden, um, I forget his name now. Who played the Colonel again? Oh, oh, uh, Woody Harrelson. Yes, and he started shooting, and it's still going on, and there's a couple of dead monkeys on the ground, and I'm like. And it just kind of dawned on me, oh, wait, time to change the channel. That can't expose that kind of... <laughs> so, in, in the wrestling, kind of, I would say is the same. Um, I would agree. I wouldn't want to expose them at a, such a young age either. Um, later on, if they really wanted to watch it, then yeah, because I think they realise I do watch it because they'll come and, and they'll come and say, oh, Daddy, you're watching the two, the two, guy, the two men fight or the two women fight kind of thing, and I'll be like, right, time to change your channel because I don't want you doing this kind of thing to your brother. Um, but, Rance, I know... Like I said, so I need to, I'm going to word it differently. So your eldest has or does watch or has watched wrestling? Yes. So what What... When she approached you to watch it or to take you to an event, mm -hmm. your feelings were so genuine excitement. Um, true excitement. She loved it. She loved it when she went. She she's been twice. The first time she didn't enjoy it only because my daughter has anxiety really heavy, mm -hmm. and we had really bad seats and it was a little overwhelming for her. The second time she, when I tell you, she had a blast. She was up screaming at the people, like her and Miz went at it for like at for a sec, like she was in it. <laughs> um, but I think so. The way the way I did things were differently. Number one, I'm a big combat sports fan, so like I watch MMA, I watch boxing, wrestling, and um, anytime my kids come in the room with me and they want to watch TV, I give them the remote because I know 90% of what I'm going to watch you probably shouldn't. But when sports are on. I, I want them to watch it for one reason. I want you to understand 
that this isn't something you can do. So every time they come and watch with me anything, whether it's MMA, whether it's boxing, whether it's wrestling, whether we're playing a video game that has fighting or killing, even if it's superhero movies because they know I'm a superhero fan, like a comic fan, the first thing we do at the very beginning is we say to each other, you know, these are trained people that go that they do this for a job. This isn't real. This is real, but this is their they they work for this, and I don't ever want to catch you doing any of this. If I catch you doing any of this, you will be in the most trouble you have ever could ever think about in your life before anything is started. Um, and so we've had that understanding um, off off the right off the bat. So. My oldest daughter, I never made her watch wrestling. She would just watch it when I was around. And, you know, she would pay attention to it, but she wouldn't really care. What caught her eye was the first Money in the Bank ladder match. We were watching Money in the Bank. And she had no idea that women could wrestle. No idea. And so, like, she saw Carmilla come out, and Carmilla got the J's on and doing the moonwalk and got the gaudy stuff, and she was hooked. Then she saw Noemi come out. And, you know, with the glow and the dancing, it never looked back. And she was like, I had no idea. Um, so I, I truly thank WWE for the way they've changed. Like, nobody could ever say to me that PG isn't, wasn't the right move. Because you could still be edgy and you could still have adult storylines without having to have gratuitous sex or boobies on every show. Or like you, if you take your 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 roster seriously and treat them as genuine athletes, like they are, like they've started doing in the past five six years, you still have great stories. And now, I would never let my daughter watch 2002, 2003, 2004, 1997, 98. I wouldn't let her watch it. But now, I'm not only am I so comfortable. Her mom has my network account. You know what I mean? I picked mm-hmm. her up one Sunday, one weekend, WrestleMania weekend a couple years ago. In fact, WrestleMania 34. And she gets in the car, Daddy, it's WrestleMania Sunday. AJ Styles is fighting Shinsuke. Let's go. I, I looked at her and I told her, I've never been more proud of you than I am <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, 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 very, I'm very happy that they watch and very proud of them watching. But I needed to know, I needed her to know that, number one, this isn't something. If you want to do this, there's a school to go. This is something that you can learn to do, but you can't just do it for fun, number one. And number two, I'm never going to make you watch it. It has to be your choice to want to. So that's that was kind of how I played it. That's a great point about this being the best era uh, to really jump into it as a young fan. I would feel immensely uh, better about my son coming in to watch now and maybe catching uh, catching Roman's story as he you know battled leukemia and came back. That's that's a great story for a kid to to see that you can really overcome anything oh, uh, and- as opposed to to, to previous uh, eras. Yeah. And real quick, Rob, um, my whole all my family loved wrestling except my mom. My mom hated it, and she hated it because every time she would see it, there'd be cussing. There'd be middle fingers. There'd be women out there in thongs and handprint and handprints on their breast. And like I've since told, shown her some of the stuff and explained to her how different it is. And she's shocked. She doesn't believe me because she just thought that was what wrestling was. And I explained to her, no, that you know we really think about it. Wrestling has been PG forever, except for 
like six or seven years. Yep. So like this is the norm, not the exception. The exception was the attitude error. That's the exception. Yep. And and the attitude error, what they'd done back then was probably because of the the rise of WCW where they felt they needed to I think they, they make reference to it in the doc with, with documentaries on the network that they, they felt they needed to go to the edge of content to appeal to the people who are going to be like 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds. Yeah. So yeah, I do agree with um I think <clears throat> I think like no, I wasn't a fan of it, but I can find like the rationale and the thinking behind certain things. So with Braun and Nicholas winning the tag titles last year, I I said on this podcast that I didn't like it, was a fan of it, but if they got just one extra, if they got one kid who had to see that and say, can I go to a wrestling event and can I get this t-shirt or can I just go and can we pay a ticket? It was a win for them because the idea, it wasn't so much to, it's not, it wasn't to enhance anybody. All it was, was to give that belief to all the other young kids around the world that that could have been me, that could be me kind of thing, and straight away you pull in a whole new a whole new wave of um, young young kids to watch it. So that's it. I'm not I wasn't a massive fan of it. I didn't like it, but I I can understand the thinking behind it and, and the thinking made sense. Um number five now, this, again, some of these answers are probably going to, you may have already touched on, but for, I'll go with Rance first up. What is the best thing about wrestling? In general? Just in general. So I wrote an answer down. I came prepared. <laughs> I believe that, no. Um, three things to me um, stand out to me about what's best about wrestling. And this is just me. What I love is I love the entertainment value you get from it. I love the stories that wrestling tells or can be told strictly through a wrestling medium. But most importantly, and I think this is the one that probably catches us all the most, is the ability to live vicariously through the performers. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to name a a, a storyline that probably you guys would never think about, but it affected me so seriously, but the Nia Jax Alexa Bliss story going into 34 meant so much to me because all of us, at some form or fashion, have been bullied for what for whatever reason. You're too big. You're too small. You're too pale. You're too dark. You're 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 a different uh, religion than me. You're you live in a different street than me. Whatever it is, you're from this neighborhood. You've everybody's been bullied at something or another. And a lot of the times, sometimes people have been bullied by people who are close to them. And they realized they were never their friend. They were being used. And to see Naya go through that, to see Naya have to literally, on television, deal with her being body shamed and being called stupid and being called the things she was being called by this... She calls herself the goddess because, my God, she's almost perfect physically in every way, Alexa is. That meant something to me. And, you know, sure, you could tell that in a movie... You could tell that in a TV show or a book. But it's something about the medium of wrestling because it's live theater. 
that involves genuine real emotions played out in front of a live audience on live television that changes the dynamic of the story. You know what I mean? Like when you're watching Captain America fight Thanos, like you don't see like Paul the garbage man watching from afar. Like you don't see that. But like you see all the fans living through what what Nia's going through or any story. Kofi's rise to the championship. Brian in WrestleMania 30 beating out the authority. Like CM Punk. There's so many stories that you can think of that people can live through vicariously through the wrestlers. Steve Austin. You know what I mean? How many people want to flip off their boss and tell them to go to hell? You know what I mean? Like, it's so... But you can't tell these stories the way you can in any other medium but in wrestling. So, like, those three things really allow you... This is what makes wrestling so special, is that it's theater, but it's physical. And then it's a story, but it's live. And in many cases, it's improv. And a lot of situations, it's derived from real-life situations. Lena Fanine has gone through that stuff that Nia Jax has. So it was easy for her to tell that story. So, yeah, those are my answers. I don't want to go on a diatribe, but yeah. That was solid. Rob, yourself? Yeah, I think um, I'm going to kind of echo yours, uh, your third point there a little bit. For me, it's um, the, the best thing, and it's also the worst thing, in a way, um, the emotional connection that you get mm-hmm. with watching wrestling. It's, it's such an up-and-down journey, uh, for good and bad. Um, but, I mean, think of the, the best movie or TV show, book, whatever uh, you've ever seen that, that really made you feel some kind of way. You felt, you felt happy with a character. Uh, you felt their despair. Uh, whatever it was that you felt connected to. With wrestling, you get that, and you get that over and over and over again. With a, with a movie, you get it for maybe an hour and a half, two hours. That character's done. Maybe you'll get a sequel. Maybe you'll, it'll be a trilogy, something like that. Maybe you'll get a couple seasons of a television show. With wrestling, if you emotionally connect with a story or a character, you can watch their entire career. It could it could be decades of your life that you're emotionally connected to that story. But then I think that's also the down the down the side of that is that you're emotionally connected, and the wrestling business, as tough as it, tough as it is. If you started as a young uh, wrestling fan, how many of your heroes have you seen pass away due to this business? Mm. All those shitty things. Yeah. Well, today. Today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I think for me, it's it's this right here what we're doing because even though, like for instance, me and Rob, we can sit and talk about football or soccer. Rance, me and you can talk about American football. But it's not like we would have had that platform. It's not like I would have Twitter. I, we wouldn't have come across one another. It's not like I would have ever come across Kyle or Carl. I would, would not have come across anybody else on social supports, whether it be Rich, Jeremy, Josh, James, Caleb, any like any of these folk. And these are now all you guys that I speak to on a daily basis, not just about wrestling, but other stuff. Like We're all in the WhatsApp group together. What, the six of us... Um, I speak like in the group with Rich and James and Jeremy and everyone. I speak to Caleb like on a day almost daily basis. Um, 
we have this stupid pool game that we play on a daily basis and I don't even know why we do it because I beat them just about every single time <laughs> so it's just things like that because I would never never in a million years would I have come across any of you guys ever um, I would be tucked up in bed right now if it wasn't for wrestling connecting us so like I say it, it kind of just and I suppose that's you can say that for, for sports or just any kind of drama theatre in general but I think you couldn't because I think wrestling is one of the very, very few things that just about everywhere, it's everywhere around the world and people from all over the world do enjoy it. Um, and like I say, so if it wasn't for wrestling, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. We wouldn't, we, we would never would have spoke if it wasn't for wrestling. So, like I say, it's just bringing, like I think, one person, one person from Scotland, someone out in Atlanta and someone down in Texas, you know, and we're sitting here talking about wrestling at half past one in the morning over here. So it's just, it's just it's something like that, that, that just, for me, I think it's the best thing about it. Just, just think about these three people on the call. You got a black dude from the hood in Houston. You got a white dude who's almost basically a hippie from like backwards Georgia. And you got, <laughs> and you got, a, and you have a, and you have a Muslim pretty boy from Scotland. <laughs> like, but we would never just be doesn't friends make in real sense. life. Yeah, but like oh. we're, we're damn near family, you know. It's crazy. And I mean hippie with the most awesome. love and respect. And taken with love. Okay. Um, if you could watch any wrestler, so this is number six. If you could watch any wrestler at his or her peak, live. And, and crowd in the audience like up the closest or as far away as you want who would it be? Tatanka <laughs> not Tatanka <laughs> I've seen Tatanka thankfully I don't have to pick him uh, this, was, this was probably the toughest question believe it or not for me to come up with an answer and so I came up to um, in person um I, I think Yoko was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, maybe Andre, uh, especially a young Andre when he could move. Uh, like I've seen him on video, but to, to see that physical presence in the ring in person, that had to be uh, incredible. Um, as as an adult, the name that pops into my head that I would really, really want to see, and no, I'm not pandering to the host, um, I would have loved to see uh, a Grado entrance. Grado oh, at uh, at a night uh, ICW show. Oh. Well, we we actually saw that. Um, what was that last July? Well, July and December. Um, the July one I felt was better because it was his first time back in a long time, and it was it was pretty. I've got. I think we've still got the videos. I, I do or Brian does. I only see who's got it and send you unless we already did. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was because the entire crowd are sitting singing a song, waiting for him to come out, and then you see him coming out, dancing and jumping about. It, it, it is, it is a, it's a rare time. It is a good time. And that, that's the attraction there is how mm. he, could, he, he could really pull in everybody in the crowd. There there wasn't you know a quarter of the crowd that were sitting on their hands for one of his entrances. No. It was 100% invested in, in what he was doing. Russ? I'm gonna give you a name that when I say it, you'll probably be like, "Damn, that's that's good." Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. I don't think there has been many people who could like hold the the crowd in the palm of their hand like Eddie. 
And the cool thing about Eddie is, and we all know, we know how great he is in the ring. We know the theatrics and stuff. But, like, the little shit he did was so perfect. Like, go back and watch the match with Kurt Angle. You don't even realize he's untying his shoe. And you know what I mean? And then you're like, when he realizes, you're like, why, the f- why is he t- untying his shoe? And then he ends up winning the match because Kurt pulls the shoe off. And, like, just the little things and how crisp he is and how perfect his roll-throughs are. Eddie, man. I, I was very fortunate to see Eddie live. Were and you? it's a testament. I was. It's a testament to, to what you <coughs> said about how he can take the little things and, and really win over a crowd. Uh, I saw him SummerSlam 05, the Dominic on a pole match. No um, way. <laughs> I, was, I was there. The crowd, you would expect, this is this is despicable heel Eddie trying to steal another man's child, you know. Uh, we were fully behind Eddie. Uh, this is right, and it's not, it, it's not some jabroni that he was facing. It was Rey Mysterio. Every, everyone wanted Eddie to win. It was it was fantastic. Well, um, the but, only heel in the feud was Vicky because she was late. Where the mm. fuck is Vicky? Where the fuck is Vicky? <laughs> That's one of the greatest pay-per-views I've ever seen, by the way. Top Absolutely. two. That was the second match on the card, bro. Mm. Dominic, the, the latter match for Dominic was like the second match on the card. Like, that card was stacked. It was a fantastic show. Uh, so these... Mine would obviously be Bret Hart, right? But I'll, I won't keep saying it. I would love, love, I know we kind of joke about it, whatever, but I would love to be in the audience for an Undertaker entrance. Um, well, have you ever been, Rob? I've been in there for Undertaker entrance, and it. The, yeah. this is going to sound crazy. I swear to God, the entire arena turns cold when he comes out. It's the I would, I, 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 I would hope it would. Like, it's crazy. And, I know, so like, I'm not going to speak too much too ill of him because he's passed away, but he wasn't a great person. I would have loved to have seen the Warriors entrance as well. Okay. Just running down the ring. Um, yeah. And the other one, I know, you know, people don't want to talk about him, but I think to see Chris Benoit as well. Um, In person? Yeah. Have I told you my Benoit story? No. The first? Oh, you're... The first ever I was show, yeah. I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. Just continue. Text it to me. I want to hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, well, because <clears throat> you say, have I, have you, and it, you say, um, have I told you my Chris Benoit story? And I was like, when you saw him in person, I was like, well, I was hoping well, you're still alive, so it must have not been in person. I was going to make that. I was going to make that insensitive joke. Well, which is not very really good. Clyde's not here. No jokes this week. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, the first there, ever... there literally won't be another joke. I, we, we can't promise that, Rick. We can't promise that. No, like, we, 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 we could have good jokes, not shit jokes that he does. We can't promise that either, Rick. Take <laughs> <Hey>, life. <laughs> um, the first ever live show I went to was Vengeance, the night Chris Watt killed his family. <laughs> so, you well, know, he was he called, he called mm. Chavo that day he was supposed to wrestle Punk for the ECW title, but they announced he wasn't there. And the whole crowd was like, Benoit never misses a show. So if, if, if for those of you who, if you, if, you re- if you really remember that time period, that's when Johnny Nitro won the ECW title for the first time. 
It was that match. Was that 2007? Was that when that was? Seven or eight, one of the two years. I don't remember the, the actual date. I just know it was like in June or July. Yeah, I I think I was in boot camp when that happened, and the news filtered into us somehow. Somebody found out that Chris Benoit was dead. So I spent the entirety of boot camp, you know, besides what was going on, sad about that. And then I got out and found out what happened, and it, it was like a... Bro. It was like flipping a switch. Like, okay, we're we're done with that. <clears throat> well, she had could you imagine? Go ahead. Could you imagine if Twitter existed back then when that happened? My lord! It's 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 sad and it's crazy, but it's also hilarious to see how quick Vince flipped that motherfucker. Like, mm. he, they shut Raw down. The the Raw that they shut down that when he after he they his, they found his family and found him and his family was the night he was supposed to come. They were supposed to find out it was supposed to be Vince's funeral. And they find yep. out who killed him. And then the first thing you see is Vince standing in the arena in the ring by himself. Nobody's there. So, like, the whole show was the whole three hours tribute show to, to Chris. And then, like, the next night, ECW, he's like, yep, we find out what happened. We'll never mention him again. Here's wrestling. Wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah. But I was there. So, because Beaumont was the, was, was the night after. And, yeah. And that was a... The night after, the night before, but yeah, that I was there that day, and it, it's the first ever show I went to live, and it's, it's a crazy memory. I remember both those shows, Raw and Smack, the Raw and the ECW, like so clearly, because it opened up on a Tuesday night with Vince mm-hmm. saying, giving his new, the new announcement. I remember it so clearly. Um, and, and that ECW episode was fire. <coughs> they they, they all they work into that show. So, question, we'll go for number seven now. What is your favourite match of all time? Who wants to go first, me or Rob? Me. Either or. Okay. Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon, King of the Ring 2001. I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but that's the perfect match to me. And I really... I know it's it's hardcore and it's damn near deathmatch type level, but the whole story, you, you can't just look at the match. You have to look at the story of the match. Kurt had three matches that night. The first match, Shane interfered to help him win, so he'd have to wrestle another match. The second match, he in fact, he fought Christian and lost to Christian, the first match. Second match, he fights Edge for 15 minutes. Then Shane comes out and causes him to lose, causing Edge to win the King of the Ring and Angle to be more pissed. So this is this man's third match of the night, and he's facing a non-trained wrestler, right? We know Shane can wrestle, but he wasn't traditionally uh, trained, as my brother Rob understands so well. (laughs) Um, So they have this match. They play the game of anything you can do, I can do better, I'm a better wrestler. Then Kurt's like, I fight me. And then they start fighting. And then, just in the little stories of the match, how the glass was supposed to be sugar glass, but Vince was scared that it would shatter when they when they did the fireworks, so they got real plexiglass. The fact that Kurt broke his to- his his tailbone, that's why when he, when he had to bring Shane back to the ring, he puts him on the cart because he can't walk. The plank of the board, like, it's... Perfect, bro. It's perfect. And 
and the thing with the glass was because it never broke the first time. You know, I don't know if it was Kurt was on like a Austin's podcast or whenever it was, but he basically was it never broke and it was he as he got up it was Shane it says put me fucking through it again like make, break it kind of thing it was shows you how kind of fucking badass Shane is. Um, Shane no sold a helicopter crash. He's not human. <laughs> He's not human, bro. Rob, what about yourself? So uh, this is kind of leading into one of your one of your uh, upcoming questions a little bit. But at the height of my fandom, uh, as as a Shawn Michaels uh, fan, uh, a member of the Click, it doesn't get any better than WrestleMania 12 Iron Man match for me. That was unbelievable. Um, I don't know that today I would have the attention span to sit through a one-hour Iron Man match plus overtime without checking my phone or something, let alone back then as a kid, uh, I was just absolutely glued to the TV. Oh, I, I and, couldn't get enough. And, I didn't want remind, to. Re, sorry, remind people how many pinfalls took place in that first 60 minutes? There was the one in overtime. There was none in the uh, in, in the 60 minutes. Yeah, imagine that happened now. I, like, you know, like you said, we couldn't. Because even now we're sit, we're sitting talking, but I'm still on my phone. Like we just we just couldn't do it. It's yeah. I I sorry, Robin. You will continue, but I know I agree uh, with that completely. It was it was just an incredible match, and um, I don't know that it holds up for me today. Like I I think I'd be a bit bored to go back and watch it now. I have gone back and watched it a couple of times throughout the years, but in the moment, um, and that that uh, elation. Um, that connection that I felt with it. Yeah. Did we lose you? Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. No. Yep. Uh, well, I agree because that, that connection in the moment I, is something that I can still feel. Yeah, because like I remember um, when I went down to Blackpool for the first NXT UK takeover, some people were saying that the Joe Coffey and Pete Dunne match went about five, between five to ten minutes, slightly too long. And I never, I've never watched that match again. I watched the one moment because when they were on on a on a top on a turnbuckle where they both went to the outside, because a lot of people says, "Oh well, they botched it." And I was like, "We're watching that live. It looked, it looked like they've just." They both went over, and it looked it was intentional. So I've never rewatched it. So big, I've never watched that entire pay per view. I only watched two or two, three specific moments from it because I wanted to see the reaction of the crowd. So that ties in with the whole. I didn't want. To, I don't want. To, I don't want to ruin my memories of how how much I love the pay per view and how enthusiastic I was about it. So I I understand. Like I know I couldn't go back and watch that Iron Man match, even though it's one of my all time favorites as well. Um, I don't know if it's a case of, like you said, I don't know if it holds up in comparison to nowadays or is the fact that because there's no pinfalls, like maybe a combination of both. But I do agree. I remember at the time it was just like it was it was for a match that never had any pinfalls until the sudden death. It was still rather exciting. I think part of the reason that it worked then and may not work in that format now is because wrestling has changed a little bit with finishers and false finishes. You didn't get as much of that back then, and part of the story of that match was both of them trying to hit their finisher 
Um, I think when Sean did hit the super kick, he caught caught Brett in the chest, and that was part of the story. Or he didn't get all of it, so he only got the two count. Um, nowadays, you know, you can hit the finisher in the first part of the match, like it's a, a WWE 2K game, and then the match will still go another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, that's my one of my that's maybe my biggest gripe when it comes to wrestling. I feel like the finishers some. A finisher is called a finisher in my mind for a reason, and I think it it should only be on that rare occasion where someone kicks out of it. For me, I think too many people kick out of too many finishers, just too much for my liking nowadays. Um, like I said, at certain moments it's fine, it makes sense, and it, and it adds to the match, but it just happens one too often, one too many times for my liking. Um, I think favourite match, it probably still is Undertaker Shawn Michaels. That that literally did take me on just it no at one point I was like, I don't even know who's gonna win this match. Like it was just so utterly like I was up and down, up and down. Um and I know we're talking just strictly WWE matches, but like I can go back and watch any of those X Division matches with Joe and Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles. Just Anything involving old guys, uh, that X Division stuff was unbelievable as well. Um, punk, punk, John Cena as well. To me, still to this day, um, it's still, still a classic. Um, and obviously, any 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 of the TLC matches for sheer carnage. Angle and Michaels at WrestleMania yep. 21. Yep. Hey, hey, Rick. Mm-hmm. I bet you I can guess those three moments you watched from that takeover you went to. I bet you I can guess the three moments. Well, I told you one of them. Yeah, yeah. So one of them was Finn Balor coming out for sure. Yep. Yep. The other one was Walter coming out at the end. Yep. And then the other, and then the third one was the end of that tag match. Bet you. Just to see how no. crazy the end of that tag match was on TV. No. The third was the, the Joe Coffey and Pete Dunn spot from the, the Turnbuckle. Oh, well, the spot, okay, yeah. All right, well, I didn't know we were counting this, but yeah. No, the first one, obviously, I just I went straight to the Finn one because I needed, I can't, I don't know if it was, it might have been you, Ryan, so it might have been uh, Clive, I'm not sure, or it could just been in the group. I remember asking, like, how did the noise sound? No, you asked me, and I told you it was loud as fuck. And then I went back and listened to it, and I was like, "That was loud," but it the the entire place exploded when Finn came out. Because at one point you were like, "This could be Finn," and I was stood next to the guy next to me, and we never we never, like, didn't know him. And I just turned around, and it was starting to, and I just turned around and goes, "This has to be Finn," and he goes, "It has to be." And in the video, you can hear him shouting, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" And then the smoke comes up, and the place just. I mean, erupted. I think the only person that was standing still was my wife because she was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and I happened to... And, and before, before, before the lights went out, I turned around to my wife and I goes, this place is going to explode. Just wait. And she goes, why? And I goes, just wait. And seconds later, we were jumping. Me and the guy are hugging one another for some reason. I don't even know why. Um, it was just crazy. The Walter thing as well. Um, for a split second, it, the music came on. It, it, I think everyone kind of second, like was kind of second guess themselves, and then all of a sudden the noise just picked up, and we were like, "My lord, I didn't expect that at all." 
Not um, then, yeah. Not that moment. No, and then after the show, Triple H, Triple H made an appearance. Oh, yeah. Um, people were leaving. I was stood at the back waiting on my wife. She went to the bathroom. I saw people at the bar walking out, and then all of a sudden the music hit, and you just saw... And I compared it to remember when Tiger Woods was at... Was it Georgia he was playing? Yeah. when. I just I compared it to that in the sense that you just saw everyone descending on this one guy and you just saw everybody jumping on top of one another to get as, as close to Triple H as they could. So, yeah, that, that right, says, man, sorry, those were the three moments I went back and watched. I've not watched anything else from that takeover. Uh, uh, and I don't want to because I don't want to take away from my experience. I had to, I had to, have, I had to have Rick explain to his wife when everybody takes their shoes off for Zach Gibson, why they're doing it. That's the first thing I told him mm-hmm. when he told me that he got the tickets. I said, explain to her why shoes are coming off. Because that's going to be like the craziest thing for a non-wrestling fan. Uh, she was confused. But she actually she, she enjoyed it. And we were actually going to go down. We were still talking about it, going down to the Cardiff takeover. Um, but I think... That might tie in with one of the weekends that she can't get off from work, which kind of sucks. Because um, you would need to stay over. Because you would, you can't. You, well, you can drive down to Cardiff, but it's like a, it's like a nine-hour drive. So there's no chance in hell you're going to start driving up from midnight. You know, um, but you need to stay over in Cardiff. What's but nine hours is what, Rob, from Atlanta to Charlotte? Is that nine? Yeah, that's probably about nine. Okay. Probably a good comparison. Right, so moving on. Um, I I think I know the answer, especially Rancy's answer. Um, is your fandom as as strong as it once was? We'll let Rob kick this off. Yeah, for for me, it's not. Um, I, I don't know that it'll ever uh, reach um, a damn near obsession level for me as a, as, as a, I'd probably say close to a teenage years um, where everything I did was consumed by thoughts of wrestling uh, while I was awake. Um, I know 12-year-old me would, would kick 34-year-old me's ass for basically mm-hmm. skipping Raw and SmackDown every week and just catching recaps on, on, on YouTube. Um I, I would say my love uh, of wrestling is equal to what it's ever been, but um, my passion for it, probably not as much. So Friends? so my answer initially was, hell yeah. I had to think about it, though, because I didn't want to just give like a answer off the top of my head. I really wanted to think about it. And there was a moment where it kind of dwindled just a bit because, and you guys know this about me because you guys know me well. I'm I'm not good at letting at not letting external factors affect me. I'm not good at that. Like external factors affect me terribly, and you guys have had to watch me go through that for a while. Um, but yes, I think my fandom, my passion is stronger than it's ever been, because I care about the product more than I ever cared about it. If, see, I was interested when I was younger, but I care about it now. Like it matters to me a lot more than it did. I care about these guys as performers. I care about their performances. I care about 
why they do the things they did. If if I didn't have the health problems I have, I would have been a wrestler. I signed up to wrestling school twice. I've ran the ropes. I've taken a bump. I've done. The, I've worked at a promotion, like help set, helping setting up and tearing down shows. Like this is something I wanted to do with my life. I just unfortunately have don't have the genetics to help me do it. Um, but yeah, I, I I love it as much as that. Come on, man. I I, I have two podcasts. <laughs> I write for a website. Like I yeah, I I love the shit and. But I don't know what I would be without wrestling. Like, I don't want to know a me. Chad, Chad Matthews said this to me one time. We were talking. He said that he was when he retired, he said his wife looked at him and said, I don't know if I want to know you without wrestling. Because, like, I don't know that that's going to be a good you. Because it's an outlet. It's really an outlet for me. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, my answer kind of has got a combination of both. Same as Rob. Um, I'm kind of going from pay-per-view to pay-per-view I'll catch up on Raw and Smackdown like I'll read the reports and stuff um, if there's something that interests me I'll go ahead and watch it but in terms of actually like I'm for me it's more so NXT and NXT UK especially NXT UK now um, that's what I'm really invested in and I I may not watch it every single Wednesday but I'm going to watch it like I'm not going to miss weeks and weeks of it Um and, and the same with Rance is that I could do without all the bullshit that comes with social media. But at the same time, I can't take myself away from social media. So it's kind of, it's your own fault. Like, you don't need to go onto Twitter, but you feel like you want to. Because I kind of still want to see these other opinions that I may not agree with or I want to go, like, you know. So it is what it is. Um, it's, it has its pros and its cons. Um, but yeah. Um, like I said, I'm I'm just moving from I go from paper, I'm now the pay per view to pay per view, but it's all about for me NXT UK. Um and it has been for quite a few months now. And I think this six weeks away of being away from the podcast is kind of reaffirmed that for me that NXT UK is my main choice of, of viewing. Um that's not to say I still like I said I still keep up to with up to date with Raw and SmackDown. But I'll just go. I'll pick, and I've always says it to everyone, and I and I live by it myself. If you if you enjoy everything on it, then that's fine. Don't start. No one's forcing you to watch all five hours. There's more than enough there that you could just pick and choose that you enjoy. You don't need to watch the Baron Corbin matches, or you can just go watch Andrade versus Finn. If that doesn't interest you, I don't know what's going to interest you on it. If you know, so just pick and choose whatever you like, and that's what I do now. I don't. Um, I don't appreciate the Corbin diss. I don't appreciate that. Oh no, I'm just you know not a massive fan, but hey ho. <laughs> you, you know what's, what's funny though? Um, it, my fandom may not be as high as it ever was, but I'm as happy with the product, uh, specifically mm. WWE, as I've ever been. I I thoroughly enjoy every time that I watch. Do you think there's a correlation? So oh. it it would. It, it, it would just be an answer coming out without much thought, but yes, I do. Um, I, I think the less invested I am in something that I don't have control over, the happier I am with it. If, if I think that I'm affecting it or it is affecting me, I, I don't tend to enjoy it as much. And I think also the fact that you say you, you keep up to date through stuff on YouTube, etc. For me, that... 
I've always believed that like the whole the saying less is more. So you, if, for instance, if you are sitting watching three hours of Raw, you're like, I don't like some of the stuff that I'm watching, but you continue to watch it. That's going to affect how you feel about it. But now you actually you're getting to watch because end of the day, as a society, like you know our our attention span isn't what it used to be. Like I've literally just now just put a phone down after holding and looking at it for ten minutes, and, I, and I'm talking to you guys. I'm looking at my phone at the same time, so like I think that probably helps with your fandom as well, where you're like, right, well, I'm not having to watch these twenty twenty five minute segments. I can watch it in five minutes and enjoy what I'm watching, kind of thing. Yep, it's entertainment a la carte. Yep. Um. So question nine. In five years' time, wrestling will be. Oh boy. Um, who's going first? Me or you, Rap? So you put more thought into this one, I'm sure. Um, fine. In five years, wrestling will be fine. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of naysayers <laughs> and a lot of doom speakers out there right now. Um, I actually see wrestling as a whole uh, on a good trajectory. I think uh, you know wrestling is is like everything else, cyclic. Um, I, I, I think we're on the upswing at the moment. The, the main word that comes to my mind is mainstream. I think, and this is more WWE, but with AEW, with New Japan really getting a hold in, in, in America, with like wrestling as a whole being booming more than it's ever been. I just feel like I mean, if you think about think about it like this, WWE, they they broke with the ESPN deal. At the ESPYS, there's a there's a best WWE moment. At the ESPYS, you do oh, quite question, quite question. What would you vote for? Um, I was gonna originally I was gonna say Kofi, no doubt, but Roman Reigns' real life beat cancer again. Mm. Like yeah. you know, like the the, the Kofi story. I've talked to both of you separately and together about how much the Kofi story meant to me. I've been on air on numerous shows about how much it meant to me. But a man beat cancer for the second time. Like, nothing is bigger than that. You know what I mean? And, and um, that, story, that story affected me in, in ways that, uh, yeah, in a lot of different ways. Um, but, yeah, I'm in remission, y'all. Yep. That's That's got to be it. Yeah, and like I said, the cancer thing, <clears throat> that affected me as well. I've openly said on this, and you guys knew that my eldest sister went through a horrendous sort of 12, 18 months or so battle with uh, cancer, yeah. where on several, on at least two or three occasions, the doctors kind of left the room saying, you know, you might want to come see her, kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I like, I... I was all for the Kofi thing, and I think what the Kofi, and I know we're kind of getting away from it, but I'll quickly get back to your hands. The, what Kofi represented, it was huge because I said the day after the day after WrestleMania, I done a podcast alone. I reached out to Rance. Rance told me how he felt. I reached out to to Jeremy as well, and he was saying that him and Rich were just hugging one another when it happened. I was like that. There was just a general consensus around everyone and. What what Kofi represented, but like you said, said, dude just overcame what a legitimately what a legitimate life threatening illness. Sorry, Raz, you were wrestling will be 
mainstream. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it'll be, you know how wrestling was everywhere in like 98, but it was more counterculture? <clears throat> I feel that wrestling will be everywhere in 2024, 20, 25, but it'll be normal culture. Like, it'll be as normal to watch Raw as it will be to watch foot, Monday Night Football. You know what I mean? And hmm. I think the ratings will show it. The The one thing about PG and about them catering to kids that that fans, especially Jada fans, will never want to mention is that these kids got to grow up eventually. And eventually when they grow up and they're able to watch on their own, they'll be invested fans like we were in 96, 97, 98, 99. Well, that's five years from now. Because they started this, what, five, six years ago? I mean, mm-hmm. PG started in 2010 or whatever it was, but you know what I'm saying. So, like, these kids are growing up. You know what I mean? Like, Lil Izzy was in NXT all those years ago as a kid. Izzy, like, in 10th grade, doc. You know what I'm saying? Like, these kids are growing up. So, the ratings are going to come back up. The stock's going to be up. All the shows are going to be killing it. And it's going to be normal to watch wrestling. It's not going to be... Nobody's, I don't think people are going to look at you like you're a leper if you say, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. It's going to be normal again. So, I'll just randomly throw this out then. In five years' time, AEW will be still with us, still here, no longer as a company, the number one company. It's not going to, well, WWE will never lose. WWE will will never lose, only because the market share that they've attained is... Rob, you're born and raised in Georgia, right? No, Virginia, actually. Virginia. Well, that's still south. That's even deeper south than Georgia, even though it's north. So if <laughs> if, some, if someone wanted a drink that you would call a soda, what would they ask for? Coke. And then what would the next question be? What kind of Coke you want? That's the type of market share Coke has in America, that every soda is a Coke. And then you say, oh, I want a Sprite. Or, oh, I want uh, orange soda or root beer. WWE has that market share in wrestling. Well, who you wrestle for? You know, so what type, of, what type of wrestling you watch? I, I, what do you watch? Watch wrestling. WWE? No, this wrestling. Like, Kurt Angle said when he was in TNA, he was in TNA twice as long as he was in WWE. And people were like, where you been for the past six years? Oh, I've just been wrestling in TNA 200 days a year. Like, so it'll never die because of that. I think AEW would be doing well. I think it'll be a viable number two. But it will never, like, it'll never punch in the same weight class with WWE. I just don't think it will because by, by, and here, not, the business model just won't work. They don't want to run house shows. They don't want to run the same roster all the time, so there's not going to be the same level of investment with their wrestlers. You know what I mean? The boys run the Fed, so eventually there's going to be issues with that. Like, I just don't... It's going to be very good and viable, but I just don't think <coughs> that it's going to be, like, number one. It'll be a good number two. So, I'll back you up on your uh, your market share argument there a little bit. Uh, if you go on BleacherReport.com and you're looking for wrestling news, you find it under the section entitled WWE. 
And this is a website that AEW has partnered with to stream events. Um, <laughs> I, I know it's early days, but you get AEW news under the WWE tab. You don't get it under a wrestling tab. Yep. Well, my only thing that I would say to AEW is that don't make the same mistakes that TNA slash Impact made. And what I mean by that was even Kurt himself said it was like they were so desperate for number one that nothing else was good enough. That AEW <clears throat> well it, it, it isn't the number two wrestling brand in America. It's, it's just not yet. Like as soon as they have that, I think as soon as they start doing their weekly shows straight away, that's it. You know, because. I, I, I know they've had a show, but I mean, like, it, once it comes on to TV, that's, if you understand where I'm coming from, um, I'm not going to hate on them. If they get a TV deal over here, I will give it the time of day. I'll look and see, hope and, and hopefully look to enjoy it. But all I would say is that TNA felt they could get to number one and nothing else is good enough. And the moment they were number two... They just started making mistake after mistake, and that's the only thing I would say that AEW need to be aware of and wary of. Um, can they can they get to number one? Not in five years' time. I you know like I understand that when people talk about the ratings and stuff like that, ratings mean nothing to me because it's, it's just those are US only ratings. So like I can understand why people care about them. I personally don't because I'm not in the US. But you know WWE have got are literally everywhere. So you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna overthrow that that quickly. Um but like I said I'll give AEW um a chance to impress me and I'll I'll look I'll watch and if I like what I watch I'll continue watching. My only thing is I hope there's not constant attacks on WWE on a weekly basis. And, and I I would say that I know, and I would say that I would want I don't even want to see WWE doing that I don't even want to see WWE go out and attacking the new New Japan I don't want to even see New Japan go out and attacking WWE or AEW I'm I'm just a believer in take care of your own shit like you know don't worry about what they're doing stop trying to attack them just be you and be the best possible you and then take it from there that I I would like I said I would I don't. I wouldn't like it if WWE started doing shit like that. I was like, just focus on yourselves, you know, like just worry about how you're putting out and how you can improve your own product without attacking someone else. Well said. So, last question. I mean, I should put it out here. I never actually prepared a quiz either, so there's not going to be a quiz this week. Oh. <laughs> Which is probably a good thing because it's ten past two and I'm looking at less than th- three and a half hours sleep. That's all right. As I told Rob, I'll try and nap somewhere and work tomorrow. In between a meeting, in between a meeting and a presentation, I'll need to figure out I can nap somewhere. Hey, Moose, just tell them you're praying, bro. They can't say nothing to you. Could do that. <laughs> so we'll come in and be like, "Why are you underneath the table? This is how we pray. We go under tables and pray. So why do you have a pillow and a quilt? Stop questioning my beliefs." Leave me alone. <laughs> so, last question. We kind of touched on this stuff, but here we go. I love wrestling because... I'll just put my answer out, and I say 
I suppose I said it before, because of this, what we're doing right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like I said, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys, I wouldn't be friends with you guys if, if it wasn't for wrestling. That's why, that's for me, that's why I love it. I don't think there's a better answer than that. It's true. I love wrestling because Mooch and Rob love it. <laughs> Who's, who, who is Mooch? Who is this guy? Oh, yeah, I'm, damn, I'm sorry, kayfabe. Because Ricky and Rob love it. <laughs> Ricky and Robbie Bobanders. I've stolen that nickname. That's your nickname forever now. <laughs> Damn it, I gotta change Twitter again then. <laughs> no, no. Clive loves the rab ropes, so that I'm I'm good with that. Oh, see the first time we saw that, it was we we were just rolling about on the floor. <laughs> you must have done it immediately after the podcast that Clive randomly said that about you once. Yep, it was as soon as I got to work that day. <laughs> oh, so that will bring us to the end of the show. Um, before I start doing the usual plugs, Rob, you want to tell the folks where where you do most of your damage? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Outsider Curbin. <laughs> That's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> And the thing is, he doesn't even listen to this podcast, so he won't have a clue. <laughs> I love it. And you can find me on Twitter at Ricky and Clive. <laughs> so um, you can also find Rance on The Outsider's Edge. Hopefully we get one this week. Ha! I, before today, I didn't remember what podcast. I've been so busy, y'all. But I plan that we plan to have an edge tomorrow and even a chair shot ready on Sunday. So, knock on wood. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to Kyle Moores for allowing Rance to come on tonight and delaying the recording of Outsider's Edge. True but, story. I told Mooch he had to talk to talk to my Golden Lovers uh, partner because he had to let me go. So. And, 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 Ricky, and Ricky, 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 Ricky. <laughs> and, and he allowed it. So... You can find Rob on Twitter at Rob Ropes. Um, yes, I get to say Rance's Twitter handle. You can find Rance at it's Ray Cash, Ray as in Mysterio and Cash as in Dollars. Um, yeah, so like I said, we're getting Rob back on next week to record the final round of the quiz with Dan. Um, like I said, that will probably be released in early July-ish. Um, Clive will be back next week. He just had some family stuff to attend to. His youngest, it's not his youngest, sorry, his his youngest daughter, or one of his daughters, sorry, was in like, a school play tonight, so he was away seeing her. Hopefully she done him proud. Um, and I'll just do the usual plugs now. So uh, if you go to powerslam.tv and enter the promo code social suplex you can get over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the, around the world so again that's powerslam.tv and promo code social suplex listen out for the rest of the podcast on the, on the network we've got keeping it strong style with J&J security we have One Nation Radio with Rich and James. We also have NXT Then, Now and Forever. Um, That one was with James Boyd. We have All Things Elite. And we also have the newest addition to the network is Get In The Ring. And you can get that with Danny. 
Hey, is grown men watch this shit still on the network? Yes, good, well done. Sorry about that, guys. Shout out, shout out to Jeremy and Chris. Yeah. Yep. You can also get grown men watch this shit as well. Um. Yeah. So that's all the plugs. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Rick and Clive. You can join the Facebook group, the Wrestling Squared Circle. Um, like I said, Clive will be back next week. Um, Rob will be back in a couple of weeks, and hopefully we can get Rance and Kyle and Carl all on, or maybe just maybe one of you guys. But we'll, we'll look to set something up at some point down the line. Um, just want to appreciate it and say thanks for you guys for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Next time you want me to come on, let me know ahead of time, and I'll try to take the day off. That way you won't have to stay up till like... Um, I'm, I'm actually not as tired as I thought I was going to be. I was actually more tired around 10 o'clock, but I'm actually feeling not too bad just now. But um, yeah, so once again, thanks for coming on. And like I said, Clive will be back next week. And take care, folks. Enjoy the evening.